Welcome to the Paddle Sports Lifestyle, where we invite you to dare to dream and embrace adventure. I'm your host, Kim Peek, and together with my friends, we'll help you discover new horizons and push the limits of what's possible. In season one, I'm gearing up for my biggest challenge yet, the MR340, a grueling 340-mile paddle race along the Missouri River. But before I embark on this epic journey, I'm going to need to learn everything about the world of paddling. Learn along with me so you can find your own epic adventure on the water. Welcome back to the Paddle Sports Lifestyle. I've been doing my best to document my training as a new paddler who will tackle the MR340, a 340-mile kayak race across the state of Missouri this August. There are people who have doubted me. A lot. A lot of them. I've doubted myself. And so I want to document this training as it's happening so that no matter what happens, it's there to see the highs, the lows, the struggles, the triumphs, the happiness, the joy, and the friendships this training has brought into my life. Again, my hope is that a new paddler can pick up some tips, learn about the 340, and decide that if I was able to figure this out, so can they. Life is an epic adventure and it's meant to be lived. You are not meant to be a spectator. You are a warrior, someone who is mindfully and actively participating in the world around you. So with that being said, let me give you the update on where we are today. At the end of May, I did a training paddle with some friends that I met through our local paddling club, Paddle KC. We met at the Cooley Lake Access Point at 6.15 a.m., which meant that I had to leave my house at 5.15 with my gear already loaded. So we packed my vehicle the night before and had everything ready to go so I wouldn't have as much to mess around with in the morning. We got to Cooley Lake Access Point, we unloaded the boats, and then we left one person behind while we dropped a vehicle in Waverly. We left my vehicle because if you've been following this saga, you know that I now have a roof rack and a trailer. So I'm able to transport three boats. Next we drove, after dropping our vehicle at the finish, we drove back to the Cooley Lake ramp to meet the others so that we could start our paddle portion of the day. And we had all the boats in the water ready to go at 8.30 in the morning. This was my first time on the Missouri River, and the I was actually pretty surprised. The water looked slower than I thought it would be. I also expected the wing dikes and the buoys to be bigger, and we didn't encounter any water obstacles that scared me or where I Felt like I couldn't control my boat enough to navigate. One of my training partners and his wife paddled from Caw Point to Lexington a few days later and encountered seven barges. We really wanted to see a barge just so we knew what it would be like to experience it, and we did not see any. And he got seven. Now, I say that, but barges are a big concern, and there's something to worry about, it, or at least maybe not worry, but be concerned about. They can sneak up behind you. And most people say that they're quieter than what you would expect. And unless you're being disciplined about looking behind you, they really can sneak up on you. Barges don't have the same ability to steer around kayaks or other watercraft. Plus, they have to stay in the channel. And as a kayaker, we have the ability to move the whole width of the river. The current on the Missouri River ranges from 3 to 5 miles per hour. And barges are going just slightly over the pace of the current. But there's still a concern because if you don't see them coming, they can be right on your tail before you realize it. 
and you can get sucked up under them or be thrown around by their wake if you're not paying attention. There is, just to give you more information on the barges because it's a huge concern, there is a great resource on YouTube. There is a guy called the 340 Paddler, and he has tons of resources about everything related to training for the MR340. And the 340 Paddler reminds us that you will be able to see a barge going upriver or coming toward you, but the ones going downriver, the ones behind you, can come up really quietly and you might not hear it at all, or you have very, very little time to get out of its path. And so it's important when you see a barge to know where you're going to go. And where you don't want to be is between the barge and the shore on the channel side, especially on the curve, because it pushes out a huge wake and you will capsize or have your boat filled with water. You're just going to get tossed and turned a lot. Anyway, so that's just a little bit about the barges and the concern that the barges are, which is probably one of the biggest things that scares me about the MR340 is barges, especially coming across barges in the dark. Coming out of our first Missouri River training day, our group felt pretty good. We took about eight hours to get from that Cooley Lake access point all the way to Waverly. We stopped briefly for lunch in Lexington just to regroup, get everybody back together because some of us were faster than others. And so we stopped there for a little bit, but overall about eight hours, we had a really early start to our day. So if you were paying attention to the math, there was a couple hours before we started to get all the boats and the pickup cars in place and then a long drive home afterwards. But aside from that, we felt pretty good. We actually stopped for some ice cream on the way home and discussed some of our favorite takeaways. So the biggest thing was I was pretty sore after this eight-hour run. So my biggest takeaway there was that I needed to improve my paddling form. Paddling should not hurt your biceps or your shoulder joints. And if you're feeling it, especially in your shoulder joints, you are absolutely doing something wrong. So you could definitely benefit from working on your form. And the good thing was that even though I was tired and I knew I had form issues and I was much slower than I wanted to be, I knew I had something coming up that was going to address all of that. Some of our paddlers, the ones in surf skis, realized that their seats were as not as comfortable as they hoped. Now, it is possible to finish the MR340 if you keep your butt in your boat as much as possible. And so it's just important to make sure that your body feels good or as good as possible sitting in the boat. And if it doesn't feel good after a 50-mile training run, it certainly isn't going to feel good as you're approaching 340 miles. I'm really not sure you can make it feel good as you get up into the hundreds of miles, but definitely if you're having problems with comfort at 50, it is just going to keep amplifying. So some of our paddlers realized that we needed to make some adjustments to just what's going on inside of our boat so that we felt more comfortable. For me, I've had a lot of people helping to get my boat fit right, moving the seat and the footboards as close to possible to the center because I, I'm i only five feet tall, as we keep talking about. This is like a recurring theme. You know, it started out with my roof rack and now it's carrying over to my kayak. If I want to get maximum force when I paddle, I need to be able to push off on those footboards. So we've... I've had different people playing around, helping me with that. 
so that I can use more force as I rotate, which will give me more power with each stroke. We also all agreed that we all brought too much stuff. During the 340, it's important to balance the amount of food and water that we need on board with what our ground crews will be carrying for us. So we want to make sure we have enough water to make it from checkpoint to checkpoint or wherever we've agreed to meet our ground crew, but we don't want to be carrying a lot more than that. And so that was one of the things was just traveling lighter. We also agreed that we needed better organization on our boats. I I thought I had thought out where I was, where things were going to need to be and how I was going to get them, but I could have done a lot better. You want everything that you need immediately within reach. So if that's like your sunscreen or your chapstick or anything that you're using on your hands, maybe like if you get a blister, you want all of that to be easy to reach. You also want any kind of nourishment or food to be within reach. I had started out with my sandwich in a little soft side cooler with my water hydration bladder in it also hooked to the back of my seat. And that made it really hard to get my snacks when I wanted them. And another change that I'm going to make is, so now what I'm doing is my bladder is actually behind my seat, but it's in a little insulated case. And then I'm going to add a water bladder also and have both of those behind my seat still in their own insulated cases with the tubing running up along my back and up through an attachment at the front of my PFD. So that all I have to do is turn my head from side to side to get that quick sip of either water or I'm using tailwind as my source of calories. So that's one change that I'm making. And I'll tell you why I'm making that change in the next episode. Overall, our first paddle left us encouraged. Some of our paddlers were already able to hit the minimum pace required to beat the Reaper. And some of us, me, were not. I was not able to beat that pace. And so if the race would have been on that day, I would not have been able to go past the next checkpoint. I would have been too slow and I would have been out of the race. But we also knew just because we're all former endurance sports people of some sort, whether it is swimming or cycling or triathlon or running, we've all been through this. We know that it's a slow build that you can't expect to do something in June that you're trying to do in August. That's part of the point of the training. And so I knew that with time and with paddling instruction, I was going to be able to build my skills throughout the summer so that I can be ready when August comes. So that was like another just big thought process. It's really easy to get discouraged when you're not hitting benchmarks and milestones that you want to, but you have to remember that all of these things come with time. If you could do it on day one, there wouldn't be a challenge and that would take a lot of the fun out of it. The other thing that was cool though was that we all recovered well overnight and we all woke up feeling like we could do it again, which is a great sign that we are already adapting to our training. Overall, we were excited to connect with other people who were what we were calling our kind of crazy. We met through Paddle KC and none of us really knew each other before other than showing up at an event called Pimp My Kayak, where people were just getting their boats ready for the season. So this was our first big outing as a group where we started to get to know each other. And it was just super cool to discover that there really were people 
who thought the same way we were, who were just as crazy as we were, who were getting the same kinds of reactions from friends. You're doing what? Are you nuts? So that was super fun. In the next episode, I'm going to tell you the one thing that improved my speed. And I just want to remind you that wherever life takes you this summer, make it an epic adventure. Catch you next time. There will never be a better time than now to discover what you're truly capable of. So go ahead, take that first step, even if it feels scary. Do it anyway. Thank you for listening to the Palo Sports Lifestyle. If you enjoyed this show, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. See you on the water.